0: everybody and welcome to another episode of the rxp podcast the podcast where three working professionals come together to talk about their love for movies tv shows and video games i'm your host today um my name is tiffany and i'm joined by my co-hosts alex hello hello and matt
1: what's going on
0: Funny you should ask that, Matt, because there's a lot going on today. We are finally doing our FantasyCritic.Games League Roundup for 2021 and letting the audience know what we're doing for our League 2022. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with FantasyCritic.Games, I just want to shout out this cool website, if anyone's familiar with fo- fantasy football, this is kind of like that, except for video games. You join in the games as a publishing company. You draft video games that you're gonna think score at least a seventy on Open Critic, and then you get points for every game under your roster that scores above a seventy. You lose points for games that that score below a seventy, and you get zero points when a game is not published. In the fantasy draft year. So, website website's super cool www.fantasycritic.games. You can follow our league actually. If you just look for RXP podcast at Fantasy Critic, you can find our league and follow along, which is really cool. So, first, unfortunately for me and Matt, I have to announce that Alex is the winner of the RXP podcast 2021 Fantasy Critic. Oh, hail Alex,
1: the king!
0: Would you like to say any words?
2: You know, I want to keep this short because it mostly comes down to I am grateful for the games that I drafted. I'm also just grateful for a great year of video games because taking a look at all three of our rosters, you know, a lot of games scoring above a 70, hell, even above an 80. And we all had scores in the triple digits. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely like it's. It's safe to say it was a good year for video games, and I think for me, and I would like to attribute this to my victory and why I won, is that I just had really the most games, I drafted the most games that actually came out and got scores. I think for you, both of you, you guys would have definitely been a lot higher if more of your games had actually come out. Uh, And definitely it would have been a lot closer. And also, I was kind of happy with my counterpicks in that the two games I counterpicked ended up not releasing. So they did not cost me any negative points as well, which is kind of the strategy I went into it when I counterpicked the games in the first place. So overall, a great year for games, great competition, very close. And I think with just, just some slight adjustments, both of you can take it this year.
0: Yeah, so a little bit of stats for the audience. Alex had 16 release games and scored 142.29 points. Matt had 12 release games and scored 129.76 points. And I had 14 release games and scored 124.29. 4-1. I'm not entirely sure why there's decimal points going into the scoring system since to us it looks like a lot of whole numbers yeah. on the actual point situation but that's what our points kind of came out to at the top of our standings. So Alex had 16 games released. I had 14 and Matt had 12 and uh, we had a 20 game no 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 wait. We had a 17 game game everyone drafted 17 games so yeah alex only had one that didn't release um does anyone want to talk about kind of the tail end we've had a couple fantasy critic episodes throughout the year last year uh, but we didn't talk about kind of the last few games that we that we drafted
1: i don't even remember where we left off i feel like i didn't really add much I think much it was around October. October?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe we got a couple of games that came out, because I don't think Forza Horizon 5 had scored mm-hmm. by then, but that really carried you home.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: Metroid Dread mm-hmm. got you some banger points. Very true. And then Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, honestly, Matt, looking, the tail end of your team is so strong.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like you can definitely tell where I kind of lacked. I I definitely like started swinging for the fences at the very beginning. Like I went yeah. for if I if all of my games that I drafted came out in twenty twenty two, the world would probably have exploded. Like it just could not handle this the the amount of hype. Like I had Elden Ring on there, and yeah. you know I was all about Hellbly it. Probably too. Listen, if Silk Song ever graced its presence on us like one i would be shocked um but two like man my fantasy (laughs) critic would have loved that um you know but i I feel like i was maybe a couple games behind if i probably had like 14 um depending on which games came out like i feel like it it was pretty close I, i was pretty happy with it but yeah i i had a lot of really great games um forza horizon 5 being my top one but then you know having a a few 88s and 89s so uh pretty pretty happy with my team i will say um if you are looking to play fantasy critic don't blindly counterpick a game that you've never heard of because that might just be a blind spot for you you might see something called humankind to be like Who knows what that is? I'm going to counterpick it. Well, it cost me 10 points, (laughs) and that's almost the (laughs) difference between me and Alex uh, with just that one counterpick. So shame on past Matt, but, you know, learned a lot. It was my first year, so I'm I'm really excited. I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was super fun, too, you know, for me to jump in and talk about my team. I you know, grasping at straws honestly with the last two games, Warrior Wear, Get It Together, and Riders Republic. I honestly was like, yo, I need to get some games. Like the I need games that will score. Mm-hmm. I also unfortunately counterpicked a game that, not that I wasn't familiar with, but I counterpicked Rune King, a League of Legends story. And to be honest, I thought some people were just going to complain about it, saying like, oh, this is just a reskin of a game that already exists. This isn't doing anything for the genre or what, you know what I mean? (laughs) yeah like I was thinking something like that because honestly that's the kind of critiques I got with freaking Mario Golf Super Rush mm. which only gave me like one
1: point so yeah hey, it was positive. I thought, it was positive
0: I guess it was positive yeah it's on negative 10 and then Monster Hunter stories two wings of ruin pretty excited about the score not bad I even I ended up drafting that game because I played the demo and then bought the game myself and was loving it. So that was pretty fun. And Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. Very disappointed. We mm. had a freaking Nintendo Direct that said December release date. And I was like, I'm going to lock it in. Yeah. People talk about Advance Wars all the time. And then what do you know? Pushed out of 2021 like a bad apple. You know? Curse
2: you, COVID.
0: Yep. Um, Alex, on the other hand, I feel like he kind of... Got some duds a little yeah, bit, near even I, I though like I bought two of those games.
2: the I feel like my draft was similar to yours at the tail end where I was just kind of struggling to find things to pick up, you know, as you can tell. My early pickups were, you know, the obvious big games of the th- of the year, things like Returnal, Resident Evil Village, Halo Infinite, and then towards the end, I was just struggling to say, you guys drafted a lot of things, shooting for the fences, and here I am just being like, what what can get at least a seventy? Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, you know, my belief in Nickelodeon All Star Brawl failed to deliver, in that you know it cost me points, you know, and it ended up getting a sixty-five, so I lost five points wow. on that. And, you know, rightfully so, because if you look at that game, not a great game, definitely. But I thought it's at least a Mm 7. Yeah, it's definitely janky, but I thought it's a janky 7. But we're not swimming in 7s here. (laughs) Um, And as for the other two games, you know, I ended up getting Mario Party Superstars. So unlike Tiffany with suffering a little bit with Mario Golf Super Rush, you know, she super rushed a low score, and I was a superstar <laughs> with my 79. So Oh my God, points. get out of here. Get out. <laughs> and so that that was not bad. That was a decent pickup. But then Voice of Cards, The Owl Dragon wo- Roars, you know, the most recent game from the uh, great director, Yoko Taro, who did stuff like the Near franchise, a uh, little bit disappointing, 73, but, you know, still a positive score. So overall, mm-hmm. I think a lot of my earlier titles really carried it, and I kind of you know, whimpered off. And just another thing, very disappointed in Battlefield 2042. Mm. Definitely a low point. I mean, obviously there's a lot of things where people were somewhat excited for the game and then it ended up not living up to those expectations. Mm. So definitely cost me points there with the Open critic score of 65. But overall... Not a bad draft, I might say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this was really fun. We all started out with $100 to start bidding throughout the year. Alex and I were both left with 66 bucks, and Matt is rolling in the $18. You know, go big or go home, right? It's not like we carry over.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: The money. So uh, I'm going to take a peek really quick at uh, kind of what – do you remember what some of your big spenders are? matt because i feel like Um, near the end you were just like throwing down the cash
1: yeah um i know at the very beginning i was definitely throwing some cash but then at the end when you only have a few slots to fill i was like listen i'm not going i I can't take it with me so i might as well just drop it right here so um i think i feel like the last few pickups with like forza marvels of the um marvel marvel's garden of the galaxy SC i had for five dollars um yeah. Metroid dread i i spent 25 dollars and forza horizon 5 i spent 35 dollars because i was like <laughs> i am not going to let anyone take forza horizon 5
0: that's hilarious yeah and if you look at me i try to bid nine dollars yeah. for forza horizon 5 and then four dollars for metroid dread
1: <laughs> yeah there was no way because I was like, these are going to be absolute bangers. Which I I play in a very competitive fantasy football league at work. And we actually utilize auction drafts. So it's kind of similar in a sense of you have a s- select budget. Um, but it's as if you were going to draft your entire roster from the very beginning. But you have to pay and like outbid people live on the spot and it is probably the most nerve wracking like three hour experience that we have every year so for me i am like not ashamed to throw down some cash for some from cash cows which is forza horizon five
0: yeah totally fair so and with that that kind of wraps up our 2021 fantasy critic year alex won but you know what he's not gonna win again because we're doing this again 2022 a lot of anticipated games we're all really excited we had a great time you know watching ps lives and like nintendo directs and xbox conferences to oh sorry it's not ps lives state of plays i like lost what the what it was called but anyway we watched all those things some of us ran to our phones and started bidding at games some other of us forgot about fantasy critic for a <laughs> <bit>. but anyway <laughs> we spent last week drafting our draft mm-hmm. so you know we don't really have to bore you with kind of the inner workings of that but we're all going to review our teams we each drafted nine games and we s- still have a budget of $100 and we will have an additional nine games to draft throughout the rest of the year. And we each counterpicked two games. So again, like I said, you can follow us at fantasycritic.games, Podcast. I will put a link in the description of our YouTube video to have that link ready for you guys so you can follow along. Anyway, who wants to go first and talk about their team? For 2022.
1: Should it be the, the reigning know it? champion taking it yeah, away?
0: Yeah, let's do that.
1: Alex, all kick right. it off. Uh, yeah,
2: I'll kick things off here. So, you know, I, I want to recap the strategy I had last year, right? And that was the majority of the games I picked up last year were games I thought I would play. I didn't end up playing all the games, but it was really me speaking to myself to say, would I buy this game and play it? And for the most part, a lot of the games I did buy and play. Or I knew people that bought and played them and vicariously lived through them. Uh, For this year, it's a little different for 2022. And that is because... The, the drafting was a little bit harder because my opponents here were definitely more keen on what are the bigger titles, so to speak, for 2022. So for this year, I more so went with the gut. I, this was my gut feeling about games that I didn't necessarily know the most about, but I thought they had at least a pedigree of some sort. And so briefly go over it. You know, we have I started my draft with two major uh, Sony first party titles. Horizon Forbidden West and Gran Turismo 7. You know, these are from studios that have proven themselves in the past. You know, Guerrilla Games with Horizon, with the Killzone franchise before that. Loved all their games that I've played. And definitely, as I've mentioned before, too, their work with Kojima on Death Stranding. On the Decima engine, which is what Death Stranding used and what Horizon used, made me very excited to say, hey, there's a lot of potential here to say if the game can look and play this Mm -hmm. well on a PS4, imagine the possibilities on PS5 with better tech, with better hardware itself, and, you know, an even grander vision, right? So for Ben West, highly anticipating it. it comes out in February. Gran Turismo, likewise, this is going to be a PS5 showcase. You know, RTX on, Ray Trace, you know, shadows, reflections, lighting. Like, this game is going to look amazing. And also, it's a return to the traditional Gran Turismo franchise. The most recent one, Gran Turismo Sport, was more esports-focused online racing. So there wasn't a traditional campaign that people missed uh, from the older games, right? Like, there was always the stories of... Hey, you buy an old, like, 1999 Honda Civic, and you beef it up with a better engine and just better parts overall, and you're racing it against a, you know, Maserati or a Ferrari, and you're like, how is this possible? I don't know, but Gran Turismo lets you do it, and that's kind of the fun of it, so they're returning to form with that, Polyphony Digital, very excited, and also in the vein of having a pedigree stuff like the suicide squad killed the justice league. Oh, you so know, this is from rock steady. What a pedigree they have mm-hmm. with the Batman games, you know, the Arkham games. And so I trust in them. Now, hopefully the game still comes out this year. Cause who knows? I, I picked this up on a whim, but like I said, the pedigree is there for that developer.
1: So I'm trusting in it. Su- suicide squad is kind of an interesting thing because While I think it was, I guess, originally supposed to be after Gotham Knights, it looks further along in development than Gotham Knights at this point. Which, like, I don't know when that flip happened, but, man, Suicide Squad, it's one of those things where it does not have a confirmed release date. Like, not at all. But I I wouldn't dare pick against it, because what if? What if it does? Because Rocksteady, like you said... Rocksteady knows how to do it, and they do it well. And I am scared to death of this game. So if it comes out, I think you've definitely got a banger. Out of the you know the first few picks that you've had, this is like the Dark Horse, definitely for you. But not the Dark Knight. Yeah, nice, nice.
0: Get out, both of you.
2: <laughs> okay, so with this next pickup, I am very concerned because recently this pickup was actually delayed. So it's Stalker 2... Heart of Chernobyl. This is this game got delayed from a I think May release date to December eighth. And so it's still coming, it's still slated to come out this year, but that's a hard pushback. Seven months Mm -hmm. delay. At least they're sticking to it. I hope it comes true. I know people that are, you know, intrigued by the soccer franchise. It's kind of a hardcore like survival online. Uh, third-person shooter sim type of game and so it's not a game that speaks to me per se but I, I believe in it and I think the people that really love that franchise slash the first game mm-hmm. are gonna stick to it so hopefully it still comes out I believe in the developers and I believe in that that fandom uh, these next two games you know smaller indie games but like I said we're going with the pedigree and so for the first game Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge these are from the people, Dot Emu, that did the Streets of Rage 4 most recently, and also that have just a pedigree in making arcade beat-em-ups. And so, you know, we and combine that with the power of the TMNT IP itself. Like, I hope this is a great game, mm-hmm. you know. It I'm looks into great. this. It looks yeah, it's got totally the good. beat-em-up flavor. It's got the nice kind of older like cartoon style visuals like this this looks exciting
0: totes totes into it
2: and also devolver digital you know we always know that devolver digital has the most crazy e3 like i guess shows mm-hmm. is i even like announcement or like showcase <laughs> well it is a showcase but it's like an actual performance that they put on every year for e3 and they're publishing cult of the lamb i don't know i don't remember the developer off the top of my head excuse me but this is a game the, the simple premise here to anyone that doesn't know what cult of the lamb is you are a lamb that is attempting to essentially deify yourself by creating your own cult and the point of the game is to create such a powerful cult while fighting off you know potential usurpers to your throne like other false prophets right you're handling these people that are trying to diminish your role as this kind of godlike figure and it's also kind of an it's a top down action game at the same time so it's like there's this weird combination of like village like simulation of saying hey you know what do your their patrons want or what do they need Mm -hmm. right as their god you know you must cater to your people but then also you're going out and fighting these crazy monsters and you're a lamb you're just a cute little lamb like how like how much more interesting can the game get
0: (laughs) i'm so intrigued by this game like i'm very there's base building i don't know about the action elements i wasn't too big of a fan it is coming to the nintendo switch I think that's where we first saw news of this game. So, you know, the fact that it has base building kind of sounds like a Tiffany game.
1: It does sound like a Tiffany game. (laughs) So
0: we'll (laughs) see.
2: Next up on the list, you know, like I said, Pedigree. That's what we're putting our trust in this year. The King of Fighters 15. The name speaks for itself. This is the 15th entry in the King of Fighters series. You know, what other games can even say that? The only thing off the top of my head is Final Fantasy, you know? So it's like, if this can be as successful as Final Fantasy has been, to and they're getting to 16 this year, well, maybe this year. We'll see about that. But, you know, you got to know that this game is selling copies. People believe in it. And also similar to last year where I drafted Guilty Gear Strive. It might be the biggest fighting game of the year, you know, depending upon if maybe things like Street Fighter Six don't actually come out this year. Hopefully they don't. But uh, yeah, so I believe in King of Fighters. You Know people love their fight games. The FGC is very passionate about it, and King of Fighters typically gets a lot of uh, you know good, good feelings towards it. So I believe in it. Next pickup: Total War, Warhammer Three. You know. I'm not a fan of this franchise at all, but I know that people that like these types of games, you know, these hardcore PC titles, mm-hmm. they live and breathe it. And the Total War franchise in particular the Warhammer franchise, subset of Total War, people really love. This is the third one. I just believe it's going to do well, you know. I it's hard for me to speak a lot about it cuz I'm not that knowledgeable about the franchise as a whole, so I'm just saying I'm going off of name recognition. I believe in it hopefully you all out there are satisfied by it. And finally the last game I picked up. The unannounced unannounced, excuse me, unannounced, unannounced. <laughs> the unannounced Call of Duty 2022. And now listen here. You know, you might be saying, "Alex, you picked up Battlefield 2042 last year cuz you're like you're about pedigree, right? But then that game bombed, you know, you lost points on it." This year though, what if I told you that this will be the sequel to 2019's call of duty so this is call of duty modern warfare 2 do you remember back when the original call of duty modern warfare 2 came out one of the best call of duties ever made and so here i believe that right people really love the reboot of call of duty modern warfare in 2019 i believe you know it's sledgehammer or infinity Ward? now i'm forgetting who did call of duty modern warfare 2019 i think it was infinity ward Infinity Ward, they can do it again. You made one Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, that's great. You can make a second one, that's great. So, Those are my nine drafted games that I believe in, all with some sort of history to them, and I believe the fans will be happy when the games come out this year.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay, good, yeah. And we'll talk about counterpicks after we discuss all of our games.
1: How do you feel about your team? Just like looking back at it now, it all together are you pretty satisfied with it
2: i think as long as the games come out especially for the ones that don't necessarily have hard dates yet Mm -hmm. uh, i know a few of my games do but some of them are still maybe they come out maybe they don't but if they do i'm pretty sure these are all at least eights you know that's what i'm banking on like these are going to be 80 style games and if, if they're at least 80, you know, that's 10 points right there per game. So we're looking at minimum 90 points. So, yeah, that, that's what I'm banking on.
1: I, I'm very surprised that Stalker got delayed. Like it went from April to December because it's it's been anybody that has Game Pass and has the Game Pass app. It says like coming soon. Stalker 2 has been coming soon for the past year. And so now I just checked the Game Pass app now says 12 8 2022 and i'm like do i have to look at this game just the the cover of it for two whole years it's crazy cuz it's coming to game pass day one uh which i'm very excited about and definitely something i'm going to check out and actually you were you were a pick away f- from me getting stalker 2 you got it right before i wanted to pick it up and i was really sad because i i do think that it's it it looks great impressions have been great so far Uh, Maybe them delaying it for eight months is just to, you know, tidy up some bugs, hopefully. Uh, But it doesn't seem like the major stuff is a problem. So cool. All right. Time for mine. Time for my team. Na-na-na-na. Matman. Season two is happening. And we started off with Elden Ring. The only way that it could... I threatened, because I got second pick, and I threatened Alex that if he took Elden Ring from me, I would have drafted Horizon Forbidden West <laughs> because he can't take my passion project or I'll take his because Elden Ring is the biggest game on everyone's radar. It got most anticipated game two years in a row at the Game Awards. So for me, like the hype is, is so real for it. The impressions that came out last year... Um, my whole thing for this that you'll see is I'm only, at least for this early on, I'm going for games that I can count on because 12 out of 18 or 12 out of 17 games wasn't good enough to win. So I need, I need a good portion of my games actually releasing and Elden Ring is a hundred percent release in this year. And I think it's going to be, uh, one of the best games of the year, no doubt. So hopefully it's a 90 plus. That, I think, is the game I'm most afraid of on your draft. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I, I agree with you. Like, it's a monster of a game. That it had impressions, it had those multiple impressions, and people were blown away by it just makes me so excited for it. I'm really excited, um, which is the big reason why I'm probably not playing Horizon Forbidden West on launch, because I don't think I could do that for a week and then go straight into the Ring. Like, I want to feel fresh, you know? I want to feel real fresh. Anyway, second pick is something that uh, I believe will happen this year with a a release date of 11-11-22, which is Starfield. It is Bethesda's new project. Outside of Fallout and Elder Scrolls, they haven't done anything new in years, and this is their next big thing. Do I know anything about it? No. No one does. (laughs) Why are we hyped? I don't know, but it could be great. And I'm going to bet on it because I believe in Bethesda, longstanding fan of Bethesda. um, So hopefully, hopefully it, it, it hits it. And, you know, when they were interviewed, because they made a bold claim, 11, 11, 22, like way in advance, they kind of just, you know, shot, you know, set up their shot shot it Set 11 11 22 and now like the whole world is watching them and they I I think they can't miss like I think that they can't miss that deadline or people are going to be throwing it all over them because Fallout 76 is the last big thing that they released and that was the opposite they announced it in June released it in November and it was like hot trash like it was not good um but this has to be the opposite. I think this is, this is their comeback. Um, so that's that. Something that is going to release and is actually the first release in our, in our league as of right now. Comes out in February is Sifu. Which is that kind of like hand-to-hand. It's from the uh, makers of Absolver. The hand-to-hand combat uh, fighting game. I, don't, I never played it very much. Um, it was on Game Pass for a small portion. Um, so I have some friends that played it. But looking at the previews and looking at everything, basically if you die, you age a little bit. I'm interested in the mechanic. I'll, I'll probably check it out. I'm very excited for it. Um, speeding through some of my later picks. Um, this is basically, a lot of these games are based on games that I love. Elden Ring with Dark Souls. Starfield with Fallout, Sifu, well, we'll skip that one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Triangle Strategy is basically the next Octopath Traveler. And I am just, I love that art style. That, I I still think it's my, besides uh, Animal Crossings, I think that Octopath Traveler is my most played game on my Switch. Like, it is a fantastic game, wonderful art style, love the tactics view of it. Um, as long as it comes out, like I, I expect high things from it. I don't know if it reviews well. I actually don't even know if Octopath reviewed well, but I know that I enjoyed it. It has a terrible name. I'm not a huge fan of Triangle Strategy, but, you know, it is what it is.
2: But would you say Triangle Strategy is a proper square tactics game?
1: i I don't know. Is it? Would you consider that?
2: I mean, it is being published by Square Enix, and it is a tactic. I just, oh. I'm, just oh, I'm just choosing square to ignore Oh, Square Enix. Oh, my no, gosh. No,
0: just ignore him. Okay. It, literally ignore him. But just for your information, Matt, Octopath Traveler on Open Critic yeah. did score an 84.
1: Oh, excellent. I will take that. Well, um, going straight into another square... uh property property which is just taking it straight from alex's soul which was final fantasy 16 which i counterpicked last year because i was like no way this is ever happening but maybe in 2022 and we're here in 2022 so you hear me square you did well you held out all of 2021 <laughs> but now it's time to just release. For him you didn't do yeah. anything last year. Like, who knows if this is even a game still? What?
0: Yuffie? Did they? Yuffie's uh, uh, yeah,
1: Yuffie. they did the
2: intergrade episode intermission DLC for oh $17. no no no. Last I'm
1: year. I'm sorry. They've done things, but they did nothing as far as marketing Final Fantasy 16. Huh. Like, they have they announced uh, it. Right. I felt like in 2020, and then in 2021, they did like nothing with it. And so I'm like, come on back. Come back. You're on Matt Man's team. That's
0: true. All right?
1: You got to release now. You got to give me 90 points or 20 points Listen, for a 90. Listen,
0: I'd rather them shadow drop Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2. Okay? 100%. Yuffie, Yuffie's DLC was a delight. I loved being back in that world. The art style's gorgeous. Please did you finish swear. it? I did. I actually wow, did. Wow,
1: that's amazing. I, I still need to even start I know. it. <laughs>
0: I know it's a ama- The fact that I actually finished Dang, it. you finished
1: amazing. something before I started it. What is this?
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is. <gasps> are we in an alternate dimension? Because I think we are. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the mirror dimension right now.
1: Darn you, Horizon!
0: <laughs> Taking all
1: my time. Um, so a couple. Of these last ones are just personal things. Uh, tunic. It's a Legend of Zelda spinoff with a cute little fox that has been in development Adorbs. by one dude. And he has been working on this for probably five or six years. I've been on their listserv for that long. Um, and he's been making incremental changes, and it's finally coming out in March. So I hope that's good. I uh, hope it's not another Bio Mutant for me. Um, and then <laughs> last few, Ghost War Tokyo doesn't have a release date. But is part of that. Um, it's now an Xbox Game Studio technically, but it's going to be a first-party game for uh, first-party release uh, for PlayStation. Hopefully, coming to PS Five. Very, very spooky. Uh, I think it's going to be artsy and go be right down my alley. I can't wait. And then let's talk about the absolute just big ol' elephant in this room, which is. The white whale mean the that tiny, has evaded me. The tiny elephant? Yeah, the tiny elephant. The white whale that evaded me all 2021, which was Hollow Knight Silk Song that never released. Every single Nintendo indie, Nindy, whatever, they were like, okay, this is it this is it. Silksong is going to be here. And I believed every single one of those YouTube videos and every time I got completely disappointed, but this is the year, this is the year 2022. And if it's not here this year, I'll happily draft it again next year because whenever it comes out, it's going to be great. (laughs) Um, and then my last one, a Plague Tale, Requiem, uh, this, I was very interested in this game. Actually, it's one of Gerald's Favorite games of the last generation. Um, I forgot what the Plague Tale is. It Resonance or something like that.
2: Innocent, innocent,
1: innocence. innocence. Yeah, innocence. that's right. Um, yeah, he he really enjoyed it. Talked very highly of it. So um, hopefully that one is uh, just as good, and we'll see. And that's my list.
0: Yeah, both of you have a banging list, but I also decided to pick games that are near and dear to my heart yeah. slash some some great games that I think are going to shoot up in the high nineties. If I, Ooh, if yeah. they come out. So I, so I started strong, literally my first two picks. Cause I went back to back. We mm-hmm. did a snake draft and I was the third person to go. I got God of war Ragnarok and legend of Zelda breath of the wild two.
1: Great picks. You guys
0: just, just wait. Just the moment these two games come out, I'm going to have like 30, I'm going to have 40 points. I'm going to have 50 points. Who knows? I'm, I'm going to have all the points.
1: Honestly, I could see both of these games getting above a 90. Like, I, I would say 92, yeah. 93. Because um, yeah. I, I don't even know if 95s are, are possible in this day and age. Um, But I could see both th- of these games being there.
0: I think Breath of the Wild is like high 90s. Yeah. Like 97. But it's
1: tough. It's tough being a sequel yeah. yes. to one of the best games of that- all
0: time.
2: Yeah. That is the problem, right? Both of these games have such great predecessors Mm -hmm. that can will people judge them more harshly if they're not as good as their predecessor. And I think that might be the the nail in the coffin to say, these games are good, like Mm -hmm. they still might be like mid to high eighties, but they might not be nineties good again. But if they pull it off then yeah, you're probably guaranteed at least 40 to 50 points like combined on these picks.
1: Cuz I'm pretty interested to see how they do in their second outing because if you think about it, God of War, the most interesting part of that was this new attitude that Kratos had, especially with his son
0: and the story. Yeah, and the story, yeah. but
1: but like that is now just a continuation of that story. Breath of the Wild I If I had to hear one more time, like, if you see it, you can climb it. If you see it, you can get there. Like, it was all about exploration and, like, <laughs> climbing trees and, like, doing sta- – like, you had to use your stamina bar and climb up these things. And now, ever since 2017, everything's like, yeah, it's a mix of Dark Souls and Breath of the Wild. Like, I, it's honestly – the biggest shoes to fill on any of our lists but I, still I think don't think it's gonna need be to either
0: movie. of y'all's negativity okay just keep it to yourself. listen
1: I will until... buy both of those games. I will pre-order both I usually don't pre-order many games I will pre-order both of those games as soon as the release date is, is there because I'm so excited for them.
0: okay well I'm pretty stoked too and then honestly though okay, so real talk audience gather close keep your ears open my actually one of my most that those two are not my most anticipated my next pick is my most anticipated game and that is hogwarts legacy i need this game to come out like yesterday yes like they said they were going to come out last year and then they delayed it we still don't have a release date i believe That it will come out this year. I'm hoping it's gonna be great. I love that they're moving away from canon universe. I mean, it's gonna be canon, but what I mean is, I'm not pretending to be Hermione and going through the books again. I'm gonna be my own character in a like pre 200 to 300 year Mm -hmm. situation before Harry and Voldemort, whatever, and like live my life at Hogwarts. I'm into it. Mm -hmm. Then we have a great. PSVR exclusive game Moss is getting a sequel called Moss book two little mouse quill is going on another adventure and I'm excited to join her and be her helper Uh, then we have another sequel you know interestingly enough a lot of my games are sequels and by a lot I mean half a half of my (laughs) games are sequels because I am I also drafted Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle actually reviewed decently well. And honestly, I played it. Yeah. And it's fun. It's a fun tactics game. I like it. And so this having freaking Rosalina and like Rabbid Rosalina, like bring it and They're going to space. I'm all about space. Everyone knows I'm about space right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like from the previous episodes. <laughs> so I'm here for it. Mario and Rabbids. Also, super little cute game by Annapurna called Stray. Really don't, still don't know much about it other than you're like playing as a cat. And I'm into it. Living in a post-apocalyptic world with robot overlords, maybe. I don't know, but we're (laughs) exploring and we're a cat. So here, that's also a Tiffany game uh and wrapping up the last few games uh you know the, your girl's a marvel fan so mm-hmm. i picked up marvel's midnight suns unfortunately it did get pushed out of their march release date but i'm here for it there's some base building involved there's team mechanics there's some deck building elements to it i'm really interested in this game and this gameplay i'm pretty excited about it i really hope it still comes out in 2022 because I think it'd be super fun game to play. The mix of the heroes in the game also look really cool. You know, if you have Ghost Rider, you have Blade, you have Captain Marvel, you have Wanda, you have Nico from the Runaways, like super cool collection of heroes. I'm into it. Uh, then we have the another Square Enix game called Forspoken. Uh, which has the girl that kind of gets dropped into a new fantasy world and has no idea what's going on. RPG elements. I hope game looks a little bit janky, mm-hmm. just a smidge. But I'm very intrigued by the story. There are these like weird elemental witch ladies called the Tanta or something. Like I, the story sounds like it could be really cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Anime so- fans out there. If you wanted a AAA Isekai game, this is your AAA Isekai game. Go support Square. Like, this is it. Like, this is as good as it's going to get. You know, not those, you know, safe to say crappy Sword Art Online games that we get. Those are horrid. This is (laughs) as good as Isekai (laughs) games are going to get. So get this instead.
0: Yeah. And listen, I'm going to spend my summer, my early summer playing this game. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure unless they tell me Hogwarts Legacy is coming out in like April or something like my late May into June situation is going to be first spoken. Okay. And then lastly, I picked up a little game called Ayudin Chronicles Rising um, or Ayudin Chronicle. Sorry, no, syllable, no multiplier uh, rising. Yeah, only
2: one chronicle.
0: Yeah, not all the Chronicles. That's something else. So Ayudin Chronicle is this property that is kind of... um, How can I say? It's not like reflourishing, but it's like...
2: Spiritual successor?
0: Yeah, maybe a spiritual successor. So the Ayudin Chronicle game there was a kickstarter for a uh, hundred heroes version of this game that the developers were working on and this particular game was a complete surprise because i think this one might be an xbox exclusive is that am i wrong am i misremembering
2: i don't know actually um,
0: i i think it's I remember console
2: exclusive
0: c- yeah but i think it's, it's still on pc exc- Oh, okay, okay. So maybe, con- okay, yeah. So it's on PC, console exclusive. But yes, this one kind of came out of nowhere because the other one, the Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes, that was a Kickstarter that's still currently being developed. But this one was announced, and supposedly it's coming out this spring. So I picked it. A JRPG situation. Uh, I thought it'd be a good time. So those are my nine games. A couple bangers. Maybe one technical, or a couple, you know, indies smaller games, but... Yep, here we are. And now we have to talk about our counterpicks. I'm just kind of going to hit this off. So hear me out, people. I counterpicked Ghostwire Tokyo from Matt's team Mm -hmm. and King of Fighters 15 from Alex's team. Now, here was my rationale. Ghostwire Tokyo has been keep getting delayed. There was all that drama with that cute little Japanese developer lady Mm -hmm. who was very quirky at a games conference And she somehow left the project. Then they had to reboot the project. And then they had to like revamp the project. And then they delayed the project. So I just don't know where this game is at. And I also thought it looked a smidge janky. I don't particularly like horror games. So I also didn't really believe in it from that aspect. So that's Mm -hmm. why I counterpicked it. And then I chose King of Fighters 15. So here was my rationale. I kind of took what... The boy said earlier about my God of War and my Legend of Zelda, what if this game is just like more of the same? And it's just like, what you know, what is new? However, Alex likes to point out that there's been 15 games of this particular franchise, so it has to be good in order for them to pour money into continue to develop games in. So this might have backfired on me, y'all, because I don't know much about fighting games. But so that's what I went with. King of Fighters 15. So you know what? I might see a negative 10 points up in here again, but it's nothing I (laughs) haven't seen before. So I kind of went with it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, and this isn't supposed to, like, this isn't supposed to be super shady, but um, I don't know how much, like, you have to change with a fighting game. Like, the mechanics are always going to be, in a sense, similar um, I think my worry with, like, right. other sequels on the list is, like, if narratively they're the same or if gameplay, for an action adventure, for gameplay to be samey is, like, mm, maybe not the greatest. Um, but for, like, fighting right. games, and I'm not into fighting games, so this is me, you know, outside looking in. Um, I don't know what the difference is between, like, the 13th iteration and the 14th iteration. So, I don't know. Okay. In Coast War Tokyo, I I want it to be there. Um, I saw that she had a baby. I think the, the dev that you're talking about. I think she had a kid. Oh I think. That's um, awesome. Yeah.
0: I'm happy for her if so, she did have a kid.
1: Yeah, but I feel like we haven't seen anything. It's like been on media blackout and I'm it, it does worry me, but I feel like with the whole exclusive deal with PlayStation I feel like they probably want it to come out sooner than later. I don't think they want to like keep this in the back burner where they have to honor a PlayStation deal and then Game Pass isn't going to benefit from it. That's just me thinking with Microsoft and everything. So, who knows? I, I think honestly, I think your counter picks are, are pretty right on. In your position, I'd probably pick the same ones. So, my counter picks, I went with Games, one game I didn't really know much about, um, slash, I didn't really think that this was going to make huge waves, and one that I just don't think is happening this year. Uh, The one that I don't know anything about is Cult of the Lamb. I must have missed that Devolver presentation. I generally enjoy Devolver Digital. I really enjoy their games. I think, if anything, if this turns into an 80, I'm going to be minus 10 points. But you don't see many Devolver digital games go much above 80, in my mind, or at least the ones that I see. So I was willing to take that bet. And for whatever reason, I just like counterpicking one of both of you. Like, just, I don't know if it's the OCD in me or something, but like, I just like the evenness (laughs) and to like, just pick one Uh from from either of you. And um, I was really struggling on what to pick from tiffany because one she had a, a couple bangers i was looking at like mario rabbits what the first one that one actually did really well and i i didn't think yeah it did. um stray yeah. stray i felt like i didn't you know have much information moss i you know psvr like they are just or you know vr in general they're just like wanting content and so i feel like moss everybody talks about moss so for me i went with the game that i think might not come out this year and it's marvel's midnight suns i would love for it to come out i don't think i'm it's really my game based on the game style so right maybe that's why i picked it but for me i just had to go for it and you know we'll see i could easily be negative on both of these and i'd I'd respect it hopefully it won't be as bad as you know getting to minus tens that would be bad
0: yeah and i also think for marvel's midnight suns i could see reviewers being like there's a lot of fluff but not a lot of like narr like good narrative content or whatever yeah. and they're just bloated with characters and all of them are samey yada yada like i could see that but i could also it's being like this is kind of good you know yeah. so yeah I think the unique gameplay style is what drew me in, so that's why.
1: Like, yeah, look at the two big Marvels releases of the past two years, outside of you know what they're what they're doing at Obsidian, but like, or not Obsidian, yeah, Guardians
0: um, of the Galaxy.
1: Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then Marvel's Avengers, like complete 180 from each other. Um, but yeah, I really hope <laughs> it's not Marvel's Guardians, yeah. of, Guardians of the Galaxy because that game came out of nowhere, and if you guys. Remember, that game definitely looked janky leading up to it, but then it won Best Narrative at the Game Awards. Like, yeah. fantastic.
0: I love that game. I love my time with that game. Mm-hmm. I actually, I finished that game, too. You did. I, yeah, I was about to be like, um, why are you saying that you finished a game, Matt? Because that's expected. No, no, I'm I was, the, listen, I'm
1: I was just backing you up. I was, like, you here, okay? I was like, you oh. did. I was like, giving you oh. that virtual pat on the back, like, you did. You did. You sure did finish that game. <laughs> and if yep. the collectibles weren't as janky and messed up, <laughs> oh. you probably would have gotten the platinum because that was a big reason why it wasn't as high on my list because those collectibles are so stupid. Like basically Peter Quill's uh his superpower is being able to see these tiny objects from like 100 yards away. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I was not about like playing that game with a guide to make sure I got all those freaking things or just wearing my goggles the entire dang yeah. time. So I was like, I'm just going to play through this and live with my choices, and then I had to live with my choices, and then I was like, well, dang it. Yeah. No plat for me.
1: Oh, I, I'm too addicted to Platinum. so played with a guide the entire time. Oh, well. All right.
2: My two counter picks, I... Similar to last year, my strategy with the counter picks were I picked things that I did not think were coming out this year. So first, had to go with the Starfield that Matt drafted. Listen, I know Bethesda was very confident. Todd Howard, you know, bless that man, right? Things like, you know, the Elder Scrolls and Fallout. You know, he's he's helms, a lot of big, successful franchises, mm-hmm. but. The fact that they projected this date out, November 11th, 2022 for Starfield, so far in advance, even though it seems like they're so confident in it, I I just think a delay's coming. Like I just don't think it's going to hit this year, mostly because you look at stuff like Halo Infinite, Mm -hmm. Microsoft was very confident in Infinite coming out the launch year of the Xbox, and they ended up making the right choice to delay it by more than a year later, and Look how it did, you know, it ended up scoring at 87 average on Open Creek, you know, got me a lot of points mm-hmm. uh, for last <laughs> year's trip. So, yeah. so I, I think there there's probably going to be something that comes up, you know, COVID's still going around, you know, and it's different variants. And so I think it's something's going to come where. They're gonna push for that November release date, but I think it's just gonna get a slight pushback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see it maybe being early next year, but you know, at this point I hope it just doesn't come out because if it does come out, it probably will be at least an eighty as well. So I just I just don't wanna take the negative points. Uh, likewise, my other kind of pick from Tiffany's draft was Hogwarts Legacy. But I also just I also just don't think it's coming out this year. It's not to say I don't think it's going to be a great game. you know, Based on the original leaks, when that game originally leaked in 2018, there were videos of it posted online of what the potential gameplay was going to look like, and it wasn't formally announced until, I think, 2020. Uh, but yeah, it's gone radio silent since then. WBs have been very quiet about it, but I know there's been a lot of I think business turmoil mm. with WB because there's like potential like selling off of studios. And if that were to happen, you know, there's weird things that would happen with the licenses. Right. Cause I think they were still keeping WDB was keeping all their licenses, but it was just the studios that they were looking to sell. So is this, I guess not to say development hell for that game, but just, I guess the kind of background production uncertainty of like what was going to happen with all those uh, developers. But likewise, I think, You know, if that wasn't the case and that wasn't the only reason they were radio silent, I just don't think it's ready. I also think they probably want to distance themselves a little bit further from uh, kind of other uh, scandals, let's say, that have occurred around things related to the Harry Potter universe slash Hogwarts universe. So they might be just hopefully buying more time to let that wash over as well. But uh, those are the same uh, the same strategy as last year of just saying, I just don't think these games will come out this year. So hopefully I'm right. We'll see.
0: I hope you're wrong. At least for Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Thanks for listening to everybody. Uh, That was our episode about Fantasy Critic. Again, links down below on the YouTube video to show you where you can follow along on our journey, our year long journey. We'll do a couple more kind of check ins throughout the year just to show you where we're at with some of our drafts and some of our scores and all that. But yeah, if you want to let us know about uh, what you think we should have added to our list or things that we made bad picks on, feel free, you know, to add us at Twitter at RxP underscore podcast. You could write in to our Gmail at at RxP.podcast at gmail.com. And then you can also kind of hit that like button and subscribe to our youtube channel we're trying to get it off the ground as well as um major thanks to our music provider with grandmaster doug so links down below for fantasy critic please enjoy this episode and we'll talk to you again next time bye
1: All hail the king.
0: Just ignore him.